Welcome back, Rachel Barbeau, your college football playoff insider. I'm here with, um, she's kind of like, I don't know. She's, everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. She's Holly Rowe, one of the most beloved sideline reporters, reporters, insiders in this business. Hello, my dear. How are you? How are you? I thought you were going to introduce me as my boo. Like, that's okay. <laughs> you can just, hi, hi, I'm here with my boo, Holly. So, yeah, well, I do say that to other people, FYI. Okay, I'm good. like, I love her. I adore her. And, and. I just heard about an award, some sort of award. Were you were you named something? Or oh, did somebody yeah. give you a distinction? They did, and I was very flattered. Um, the Athletic, which is a really great wow. content site, I was named their Media Person of the Year by yeah. Richard Deitch in their panel. So I was really flattered. I, one, I really respect that site and their worker. You know, they've got wonderful content contributors. So I was very flattered. So that's what it was. Well, the, congratulations on that. The other thing I want to say is congratulations on really revolutionizing, I think, um, the sideline reporter role. And we have had this conversation before, and you've mentored me before, and, and what you said is you want to bring more to it. And, and the access that has been granted to you by coaches, the ability that you have to go into places that other people don't have, but really you dig deeper on a deeper level when you do your reporting to where I, I think you bring something to the table that not many other people bring. Well, thank you, first of all. I appreciate that, and I hope so. Um, you know, I had a boss tell me recently that I didn't get a promotion because they thought I would be wasted on that game. And I, I have never been so offended on <laughs> my life because I was like, you mean I'm too good to be on a good game? Yeah. Um, but, but I guess in some ways it's a compliment is I feel like I do a lot. I think the thing I'm the most proud of in my sideline role is stuff that never makes the air. So my director recently told me that he's so conditioned because I say flag. I say, here's what's happening down here. Like I help him direct the cameras yeah. in the right place. Um, we had a, a very famous game at Utah a couple of years ago where a kid w ran in to score a touchdown and he celebrated too early and dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I'm telling the truck, the play's not dead. The, yeah. the refs are running. The play's not dead. And Oregon picked it up, ran the other way. Mm -hmm. And they had already started their, their touchdown celebration mm -hmm. playoff or uh, replay sequence. And they didn't know the ball was still alive. So, you know, like I take great pride in helping the TV truck mm -hmm. and my crew and that's stuff that never makes the air. And I never get credit for that, but I'm proud of that. Yeah, in your soul, in you get credit soul. for it. I, I am, in my soul, that I'm contributing to my team, and that means everything to me. CFP, we're now in the fifth year. Um, why is it still so special to you? Oh, my gosh. One, because it's real. I mean, it's we're closer to a playoff. You know, this is a playoff. Mm -hmm. It's four teams. That's better than what we had in the BCS era. Yeah. I just hated the BCS. I thought it was dumb. I hated it. You know, we'd get to the end of the season, and I just felt empty. I remember Auburn. I did a Sugar Bowl one year where Auburn went 14-0. and 0, yeah. And I remember walking out of that, that Superdome and feeling completely empty for those kids and that team, that they had just accomplished a 14-0 and 0 yeah. season, and it meant nothing. And I just, um, I'm grateful that we have this playoff. I'm a proponent of I hope it gets bigger. I think eight teams would be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it. I'm yeah. just grateful to be here. I know exactly how you feel because there was a time when I was doing Sports Talk Radio when I first started where we would argue and say, I don't know if we'll ever get a playoff. Like, I did not know if we would ever get that. I didn't know if I would live to see it. I didn't know that. And now we we're, we not only have it, but we're in the fifth year. Right. So I'm grateful that the the – what do you call it, cooler heads prevailed. Yeah. <laughs> but what I really think it was is they saw the opportunity for more money, is the BCS was falling flat. I think the ratings weren't as good. I think people were feeling empty and flat. Like we were fans feel exactly, we're fans. They felt exactly the same way we did. So you have a lot of teams out there that felt left out. So now at least we have four fan bases that are included. You know, um, I think it's brought up the interest. 
I don't know if our ratings were that great. I, I think they are. I mean, we're yeah. calling a monster rating not yeah. that great. Like a 14 rating is a yeah. monster rating. But um, I, I do think it's bigger, better interest than we've ever had in college football, and that's good for college football. I visited with Al Guido, the president of the 49ers, and he was talking about the stadium and the technology and all the things that have happened at Levi Stadium. Have you had a chance to go over there yet, walk it? Tell our, tell our listeners, one, that will be there and won't, maybe give them a, a backdoor view of what's going on over there. Right. Well, we've done a couple of games here. We've done the Pac-12 championship okay. game here, so I've done games in this stadium coolest thing to me is that you have Wi-Fi at your seat, right? Because all of us are in the era where if I'm sitting in the stadium and I don't have a device or a listening or something else, then I'm bored, right? We want to multitask as we watch games. So I think that's huge. Everybody will be able to be on their phone, looking at stats, looking at replays, looking at Twitter, looking at social media during the game because you can get on your phone. Most big stadiums, that's my pet peeve, is because everyone's on their phone, they don't have the capability and the broad what, what's it, ba- bandwidth or whatever those words are. Yeah, so number one, that's really cool for Levi Stadium. But it is cutting edge, um, top of the line, the, the best stadium technology-wise in the country. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be beautiful. I think people will love it. All right, I mentioned this earlier. We talked about access. One of the things I remember years ago, you and I sat down and your notes, I mean, they were just extensive. But I remember we were in New Orleans to the Sugar Bowl, and you were invited inside of Alabama's practice. Like, you were – that's – not many people get that. One, how do you get that kind of access? And, two, what do you do with it to be able to give – because what do we always say, Holly? We're the conduit, right? We're not the story. We're the conduit. What do you do with that access to give that to the fans? I think eyes and ears are important. So, okay. number one, the way you get the access is – one, I work for ESPN, which is the right holder, so I get treated – very well Um, that's a big part of it you know my ego is not so big I don't understand that that's important but two I've earned it you know the the coaches trust me they know I'm not going to be taking a picture of an injured player and tweeting it out so that my brand is like this insider you know I'm saving what I see in here for my game broadcast that's the right time and the right place to share the information that I've been granted because I have earned it so you know I saw stuff at practice yesterday with Clemson Um, I won't share it. I won't say it until the game, until we kick off. So it's not a competitive advantage for either team. Um, But it's going to be good inside information that fans will love and be excited that they knew about because that's what happened at practice, and I got to see it. So it is a privilege. I take it very seriously, and I have never once, you know, revealed what I've seen at practice. You know, I want to to be a person of high integrity in that regard. Well, you are, first of all. Um, Tell us something we don't know about Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. Dabo um, okay, maybe you don't know this. I don't know if you do or not. But uh, I think it was four years ago they did a swap, a staff exchange. So Alabama and Clemson um, coaches went to either place. And I, I don't remember if it was – I think it was Alabama coaches went to Clemson mm-hmm. or vice versa. But they did an inside study of here's how we work, here's what our staffs are doing, and they shared a lot of information. And I've always been curious if Dabo – regretted that later because that was the first year that Alabama beat them for the national championship and so they I doubt that they have been that forthcoming since um, but that th- th- they did that staff exchange yeah. was kind of funny that is am- and that's the inside access is things that you know that that the common public doesn't know but I love that you take such pride in your job to be able to relay that to people and say here's what I've earned here's what I've done and now I'm going to share this with you Right. Well, I think it's. Imp- I, I'm a fan, so yeah. I never forget that. I am the geek that's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm yeah. here at practice. Or I'm so excited about stuff. So I always want to keep that lively curiosity and interest like fans have because yeah. I am a fan. 
Lastly, these quarterbacks, I just want to ask you about them. Two young quarterbacks. I asked somebody earlier this week about Trevor Lawrence, and I said, have, has a moment ever been too big for him? Have you seen him flinch? And they said, no, absolutely not. I'm just wondering if this Alabama defense is going to make him flinch. Well, okay, by nature, of course they will because they'll get pressure on the quarterback. But there's a difference between flinching and being scared. You know, I think that he's going to have to operate quickly and he's going to have to be decisive. I do think Alabama's front can get pressure on him. But he has shown all year that he's able to handle that. He's just mobile enough. You know, I don't think people give him credit for being much of a runner, but he's mobile enough. Um, and he, he is, uh, Christian Wilkins said this yesterday, I thought it was hilarious. He said, he has such a boring face. His face never changes. His facials, he's so boring. And I was like, I think you mean that as a compliment. Um, but it's true. Is, you know, I've often heard coaches say the best quarterbacks are the calm ones that don't get too high or don't yes. get too low. We have seen the fiery ones like Baker Mayfield succeed. Tua, I would say, is a little more fiery of a guy. Um, but the calm, you know, what is that? Still waters run deep. I think yeah. that's what you get in Trevor Lawrence. Why is Christian Wilkins one of the most, I think I read this, that he's like the most favorite player you've ever covered. Why is that? One is no one has more fun on the football field than Christian. And I just get a smile on my face every time I watch him. So every single time the offense scores, he's big, you know, 300-pound defensive lineman. He sprints to the end zone. I have long asked our producers, can we put a tracker yeah. on Christian Wilkins to see how much he's running unnecessarily during a football game? Yeah. He's the first one down there. You'll see it. He's the big number 42 body bumping in the end zone yeah. after a touchdown. He's on all four, four of the six special teams. He's the personal protector on punts. Like, I don't know if people have really noticed this this year. He's the guy saying hut, hut, hut on yeah. the punts. Um, he is on the field every possible moment. He's on goal line situations on offense. He's mm -hmm. scored running the ball this year. Um, he's, he's a big, you know, power road yeah. blocker for them in there in the goal line area. No one wants to be on the field and have more joy than Christian Wilkins, mm -hmm. and that makes me happy. Yeah. Last thing. If you weren't a football fan after the SEC championship and Jalen Hurts, man, you I mean, you talk about sports and life and inspiration intersecting. I don't have a favorite in the game, but I, but I, there is a part of me that hopes there there is another part of the story at Alabama for Jalen Hurts. I, I agree. I, I love I love how he's handled every single thing. Number one, Jalen was so gracious last year yes. when he got benched. Right? Do you remember how gracious yes. he was in that moment and celebrating for Tua? That was the first part we saw of Jalen Hurts staying contributing to his team then leading them to a comeback win in the moment and he's improved as a quarterback people thought if he stayed and sat behind Tua he wouldn't get better he has I can see it in his passing game so I just think it's beautiful after that game I texted um, his dad Avrion and I said I'm in tears right now yeah. crying because your son is so precious and I'm so proud of who he is as a human being so that's uh, I, I'm very proud of him Thanks, Holly. You're the best. Thanks for having me. All right. She's Holly Rowe. I'm Rachel Barbeau, your college football playoff insider.